Welcome to the Human Size Podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Crystal. And today we're talking about why you have anxiety and here's the signs that prove it. Yeah. Uh, Our experience has been some people are very aware they're anxious, right? They'll they'll Mm -hmm. tell you, uh, many of them, Um, but some people are very unaware that they're anxious. And so I don't know what camp you fall into um, if you're listening, but... uh, you have anxiety. To be human is to be anxious. Yeah, I think it's the the problem starts with we all have a different idea. Many people, most people have a different yeah. idea. There's different understandings of what anxiety is. The verbiage is used in so many different ways. It's overused. It's avoided. <laughs> um, like right now in our culture, I think anxiety is embraced almost with some of the younger generation as an inevitable or when you you think you have it, it's like you're inherently broken forever and it's just going to become a problem instead of it being just something we naturally deal with as humans. Yeah. In fact, I have a, I've had a few people that have worked for me uh, that their expectation is that they're anxious and I just work around it. And so uh, that is not what we're talking about. There, there are ways, and we've talked about it in other podcasts, and we will talk about it in the future. There's ways to rise above our anxiety and have control over it. But this is more. This podcast is more like if you believe you're unanxious, uh, yeah. we're going to talk about some of the signs so that you can know, hey, that might be anxiety popping up in your life. Yeah. And what's the difference between anxiety and like fear or acute anxiety? Just to recap. Yeah. So acute anxiety is there is and fear. I I think those are interchangeable, right? Like something happened. Um, so a car slams on the brakes in front of you and you slam on your brakes, your heart rate's going to go up. Uh, mm-hmm. You're going to be on edge for a little bit. That's acute anxiety. Something just happened. It's also something or could that, be happening or something or real that's happening. right there. Like right. you could fall off that cliff, you know, that you're climbing over. <laughs> right. Right. You're like a bear is attacking you. That is something to be fearful of, and that will be an acute anxiety situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, please don't try to calm yourself in that moment and just relax like everything's fine. Yeah. And then the chronic anxiety is the anxiety that we're talking about that every day we're dealing with. Um, that is something that we, well, how, how would you define chronic anxiety? It's like you're having a reaction, a physiological reaction. Mm-hmm. Um, like a bear is attacking you, <laughs> but there's no bear. Um, yeah. There, there's nothing. It's a perceived thing that's um, that may or may not be real. Yeah, and that can get confusing, especially you know. There's three signs that you're anxious. There is a racing heart, tightening body, or a spinning mind, and so those are signs that we're in anxiety, and you might not even recognize it until all three have overtaken you. Yeah. Well, and the reality is if it's something new to you and you haven't been connecting the dots this way or aware of it, you probably aren't recognizing it until you're reacting or you're way down the field and you may not even call it anxiety. You know, this is a whole, for some people, it's a whole new framework of um, embracing that anxiety is part of their world too, not just that um, Zoomer <laughs> that's complaining about it on Facebook. Sorry, that was really insensitive. Um, my kids were telling me about Zoomers last night, which is a whole thing. Like there's the Gen Z and then there's Zoomers. And according to my teenagers, those are different. Like a Zoomer is like a boomer, but a Gen Z boomer, which I don't understand. But anyway, that was a joke to all you, that generation listening. But um, so 
a lot of people don't because of just our cultural culture they may have um, been brought up of or their own perspective. They may not recognize anxiety happening in them as anxiety. It's just their life. (laughs) It's just the stuff they deal with, right? Right. I was thinking almost this is a section where we could do a Jeff Foxworthy. uh, You might have anxiety if. And, you know, you yelled at your kid last night, right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you rolled your eyes at your coworker today, <laughs> right? You can't shut off your mind. You get woken up in the middle of the night. Um, mm-hmm. You are clenching your jaw. Yeah, you want to uh, binge out on Netflix for eight hours. That right. too is often related to anxiety. <laughs> You can't Detachment. You always feel tired. Yeah. Those are all signs that that you have more anxiety than what you think. And I used to say, uh, before I um, came upon this knowledge, and Capable Life, and we're going to continue to plug that with Steve Cuss, mm-hmm. he, that's where both of us have learned a lot of this material. And um, I used to say, my mind is so active, I have a hard time shutting it down. Uh, and so I would have to come up with all these different exercises to, to calm my mind and it still didn't work. Yeah. And what the realization is, is yes, I have an active mind. That's true. And I'm also very anxious and my mind is spinning. Yeah. (laughs) Can I just say too, with like this talk about anxiety is that this isn't like figuring out anxiety again, isn't something you fix. It's not fixing. Like I'm going to, get over this and not have anxiety anymore. It's a part of our operating system and learning how to detangle and interact and understand it will help us get to the root of other things. And so it's not like a, there's no quick 12 step to get rid of anxiety. It's more of learning how to have a relationship with it that helps you to have a healthy interaction with it, to get to the root, to become more of a healthy whole person. Yeah. And, and to be able to rise above the anxiety. Yes, it's still present, but I can be a calm, clear, present person that has anxiety under the surface, but I can still make a very logical, <laughs> loving, connected decisions. Yeah. Because that that's the damage of anxiety as a leader. When we're anxious and we're not aware of it, we are making sometimes very wrong decisions, very wrong assumptions about mm-hmm. things. And it can really affect those people in our lives because anxiety is like a cold. People catch it. Uh, and that is where at, you know, for my life, like in my marriage, if there's like a circle fight and I think anyone that's married has experienced this where you're in the middle of an argument and you don't even remember what started it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you're arguing about nothing going around this circle. And that's anxiousness upon anxiousness, just building up uh, between two people. And the only solution is that one comes to the table as a calm, clear presence. That's the only way yeah. that the other one will calm down. But in the Basically moment, we breaking just, the cycle. Yeah, fall into the that other. trap. And so that's why this is so crucial as a leader. I mean, it affects us everywhere in our marriage, yeah. in our parenting, in our businesses, in our work, whatever it is. Yeah, by understanding our own relationship and presence of anxiety, we have the opportunity to not only manage ourselves, but what I hear you saying, Zach, is to change the dynamic and to change the culture around us. Um, You know, on the negative, just understanding how, I don't want to say it is negative. I wanted to precursor that because we were going positive and I'm like, I'm going to bring it back down to the failure 
we have swapped roles. <laughs> <laughs> the failure examples. I was just thinking how this in a negative way, like when we're not aware of our anxiety, I was just thinking of a scenario that I walked through where um, as a leader at someone brought something to me, like a situation with another other person related to our staff. And um, when they brought it to me, my mind automatically started spinning into like the situation that they had done something inappropriate and all the things that that was going to affect. And then I was upset and I was frustrated and I, you know, thinking what ifs, what's this person's intention. And with that person that was coming to me, I had a reaction that was frustrated and intense. And that person was already feeling very sensitive of being the person bringing it to me. And it just caused this, like that person to get, you know, uncomfortable and then worried. And which is a natural reaction. We could say, like, you just brought a problem to me. And now there's all these other problems I'm seeing, you know, I'm frustrated with that person's decision. I don't know. I don't know what their decision was, but I'm already assuming it was negative. The reason they did, they did that. But, um, and I, I remember walking out of that and I, the way I showed up in that was, was anger and frustration. And it caused the other person to be uncomfortable and hurt and then to start getting defensive, you know, cause they're afraid of what was going to happen. Um, and I think that's, that's the dynamic of like, when you react with that emotion instead of stepping back and saying, okay, I, I'm feeling all these what ifs, like what's driving me instead of just reacting, you could bring a lot more clarity to the situation and often get to the bottom of what the root of it is instead of just causing people to not want to be there and <laughs> wanting them to get out of the situation. Right. Yeah. I was also thinking as a leader, I want um, I have blind spots. Mm-hmm. I want as much information as I can get from my team. And if I'm not aware of my anxiety and I'm reactive, mm-hmm. I create this thing where people don't want to come to me. And that might feel nice as a leader because you might think, oh, I'm doing everything great. <laughs> yeah. But if your team's not coming to you with problems, like ways that you're affecting them, all these other things... That is a sign, and we've talked about this on another podcast, you're not a safe person. And most likely that lack of safety is because of reactivity, uh, Mm -hmm. because there's a power dynamic uh, when we lead. And it is not easy to come to the leader with problems. And so that's why this, that's another reason why, like knowing your anxiety, knowing your anxiousness, it really helps because when we are anxious, we push others away. And we self-isolate. Mm-hmm. And when I'm in anxiety, I can't see the other people and I can't see God. All I can see is my anxiety. It's like is all consuming yeah. them in the moment. Which really is that cycle that goes down downhill of like feeling disconnected and unloved. And um, it just fuels that anxiety fire inside of you when you lose that connection, which is kind of the whole mess of it. Like it's you have anxiety it rises in you physically. Sometimes you react, then you lose connection. And that connection causes us, us to feel um, more reactive, more sensitive, more hurt, right? Um, I think that being yeah. able to move towards each other is so important too. Yeah. very. And as you were talking about that, I was just reminded of, you know, anxiety was present. Um, you know, as Christians, you and I, we believe in the the creation story. And if you look back at way Adam and Eve reacted mm-hmm. after eating the fruit, I mean, that is all chop full 
of anxiety ridden from yeah. hiding to blaming. I mean, it's just all there. And yeah. What about that, about that one part in there where um, in the Genesis story with Adam and Eve, where the thing that really tips it to the wrong direction is that question of like, what if God's lying to you? What if like you really could have that? Like, what if um, there's more, like, even though you trust this person, like, yep. Questioning the third space of God. Is that a thing? Can you question the third space of God? I guess you can. You can definitely. It's a thing right now. It, it is a thing because that's what faith is, is trusting. Um, but yeah, like that thinking you need something that you don't need, right? Like yes, wanting to get more <laughs> where you, you have everything that you need. Yeah. That's good. And Dan, Krista just shared a anxious thing, right? Thinking you need something you don't really need is, it's a sign of anxiety. And it's usually when we're, tr we're trying to be beyond our human size, like the yeah. podcast name, and we're trying to be in the place of God. And if Adam and Eve were tempted with that in the garden, mm -hmm. in perfection, how foolish am I when I think, oh, I don't struggle with anxiety you know, and I get judgmental towards them. Um but yeah, when they, they had everything had, that they could possibly yeah, need. <laughs> they had perfect relationships. They had everything. And then still, anxiety found its way in. And, yeah. and so no matter how good things are going on in your life, there's I'm sure there's things that you're anxious about. And so again, it's recognizing you're anxious is the foundation to rising above it. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think um, maybe it would be good to talk about too, just like this is such a big topic and we don't have time in one podcast, but just some examples of what it looks like for anxiety in life. Like how did, how is anxiety present when we might not recognize it right away? Um, yeah. I have a few stories. I'm sure you do. Yeah. You know, um, I'll go to, even after doing this work, sometimes I still struggle to see I'm anxious. And last night I came home from work and I noticed my job was so tired and sore. Mm -hmm. I was clenching my jaw. I was not even aware of it. Uh, and, you know, I sat down after putting the kids to bed, my wife and I sat down and that's when I recognized, wow, my jaw is tired. I've been anxious running around all day. So that's just a simple story of how it showed up for me yesterday. Yeah. I was thinking in, um, I often find myself reacting to um, just the fear of someone being left out or like um, unfairness, like in my family, like when something comes up and my husband starts sharing an idea and I start thinking like, okay, if we do that, then this person's going to be uncomfortable and they're they're uh, not going to want to be there and I don't want them to be uncomfortable. And then I, a lot of times I jump forward and make assumptions of what he's expecting that everybody's going to do things a certain way. Um, and I get like I'm almost defending and arguing against what he might be presenting because I'm, I'm anticipating um, not wanting people to be uncomfortable. And so that causes a whole cycle of him feeling like, why are you being so defensive? Like, why are you, you know, why are you assuming that I'm going to expect everybody to do this? But that comes out of just that, this uh, fear I have of not fear, a need of approval for others and to, to be there for others, to make them feel okay, where mm -hmm. to an extent where it's not my responsibility to make them feel okay. But I almost want to, with my husband, I know him well. And sometimes I feel like I know him well enough. That I anticipate things that may not be true. Um, yeah. And I'll react, which causes a whole bigger issue of like that, him feeling like, why are you not, you know, supportive? Why, why are you mm -hmm. so 
why are you so pushing against this? Um, and it all comes out of me just being wanting people's approval and wanting things to be okay, which I don't need that. I don't need that. I don't need it to be everything for everybody. I don't need to help everybody. I don't need to have everybody's approval that everything's perfect, but there's something inside of me that is afraid for that not to happen. Yeah. And I, I want to, I'm an approval person too. That's my main struggle. And I want to be deeply known and deeply know others. And so I'm usually talking about what's going on in my heart and mind. I, yeah. And uh, so like this morning, you know, I was talking about something that was exciting at it, a trip my wife and I are going to be taking in August. And mm-hmm. I told her, Hey, it's, it's a go. We're doing it. And she was really non-reactive. She didn't <laughs> respond. Um, and in the past, that would be a place where anxiety would control me. And mm-hmm. how it controlled me is I would say, oh, she doesn't care. Right? If we're writing a story of what someone's thinking, yeah, but they didn't tell us that, that is anxiety. And it, you may be right. But it has not been confirmed and you and we're in someone else's mind. That's what's called third mm-hmm. space anxiety, yeah. right? And this morning I was able to rise above it and right. just say, hey, you, you seem not excited. Are you wanting something else? Is something going on? Can you just share with me? And she goes, oh, my goal for the new year is to be on time to work. And so I'm really focused at that. And so it had nothing to do, <laughs> right? And thank goodness I did, didn't um, do a whole pouting she doesn't care. We're yeah. not going. Um, thing, yeah. Right. So there's another way it showed up. I'll share another one from a few weeks ago. I woke up at two in the morning um, and I went, oh my goodness, I think I, I own a pizza restaurant. And so this was from there. I think I made the ranch wrong. Right. That was two in the morning. That's what I woke up to. I, yeah. I made the recipe wrong. Uh, that is anxiety, <laughs> right? There was right. something that I had done the day before. I can't do anything about it at two in the morning. Mm-hmm. It was playing in the background. And what a minor thing. That's such a great one because that's simple. But like if you dissected that, like what is the drive behind that? Why Why did it make you anxious? Like is it what would happen that you would be anxious about happening? Yeah. So for me, um, and here's how anxiety shows up for me as a business owner is uh, it. I over-exaggerate problems, mm-hmm. right? I made the ranch wrong. That's an acute thing. That, and by the way, I really did make it wrong. I found out the next morning. Uh, yeah. But uh, but where I play it out and where anxiety takes over is, oh, I made the ranch wrong. Oh, then I start drawing down the path of worst case scenario. Now, all of a sudden, there's all these people that will no longer come to my business I'm going to lose everything. My family is going to be destitute. <laughs> and yes, I'm over-exaggerating my thoughts and feelings. But I think in business, we are in all areas. We tend to either over-exaggerate it or I'll disengage. Uh-huh. And, oh, it doesn't matter at all. Well, yeah, it does matter. Do you but not th- to the I extent a... I made it. Yeah. No, totally. But I have a question for you. That's because I was thinking about this yes. recently. Which I think you're, I totally see what you're saying and agree with you, but I'm going to maybe challenge you a bit because I think sometimes like it's easy, not easy, but it's almost like a little bit detaching from the deeper emotions of like, would we over-exaggerate that my, you know, all this bad stuff could happen. For me, I'm realizing that 
I can go there when I'm explaining it, but there's something a little bit more sinister and smaller in me. Like I just don't want to make a mistake. Like I'm, <laughs> I don't want to look stupid. Um, I, I, I know I was thinking yesterday about a situation where I had really had jealousy, like something had, had happened and people had been given opportunity, which I wasn't really wanting or needing, but like, I felt like maybe I was the person who should have had the opportunity first. And there was this jealousy that rose in me, um, that I had an emotional reaction to, which I did at the time. It just felt like frustrated that things hadn't been done in a certain order or whatnot, but underneath the, my actual emotion, I, I was feeling jealousy, um, which I, that may be it. I don't know which that's related to in those common needs of a human, but, or perfection or just not to look stupid or, (laughs) um, I think those are the steps to the bigger thing, but I think it's hard to really, for me, I should say for me, I don't know if it is for others. It's hard to really face that intimate reality of myself. Cause I don't want to be that. Like I want to justify why I have the feelings I do, even with things that aren't attached to my own internal needs. So it's easier to say, like, I just don't want things to fail than, like, I don't want people to look at me like I'm not valuable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you are correct for me, by the way, and I'll I'll play it out the rest of the way. And just know that, you know, once you start doing this work, if you're listening to this, like, you'll realize what Crystal was just saying. There, There is a deep, deep thing underneath. That That's what anxiety is almost showing it to you so anxiety is not the enemy it's all at times it can be a helpful guide and so for me like the losing my business here's what i know i am confident enough in business if my store closed tomorrow i would just open a new one somewhere else like Mm -hmm. really i'm very confident in that but here here is where it played out the ranch right so i'm waking up i'm gonna lose a store really what goes off inside of me is i will not provide to the level that my wife desires mm-hmm. and she won't approve of me as her husband. And, and that's, there's nothing. I just want to make sure that for you that was listening, there's nothing she has done to make me feel that way. That is just an inner struggle. I have that my worth is tied to my monetary value coming in. Um, that is a struggle I have. And so, yeah. yes, it, it's just ranch. But it's waking me up at two in the morning because I'm worried about approval. Right. And so just normal, Zach, that doesn't do any of this work. You wake up at two in the morning worried about ranch. You don't maybe see it <laughs> as that that deep, like, because that's a pretty deep, you know, pathway. Yes, that's very, that's very deep. And it's taken me years to get there. And, you know, so, but if you haven't done that, what this whole point of this podcast today is to say, hey, you're more anxious than you think. You wake up in the middle of the night. There is, there may be a real thing, right? The ranch. I really did make it wrong. Too much seasoning, in case you're wondering. That's what I did. Um, <laughs> I doubled it. And so, but, so I could just go, well, I wasn't anxious. My mind woke me up to a real problem. And both are true. Mm-hmm. There was a real problem and anxiety was present. And so the whole, this whole work is detangle the anxiety from what's actually going on. Yeah. And I think some of the value to that, just to play it out in the other direction, like if you aren't aware of that, you know, you may have other mechanisms where you just detach and shut it off, like whatever, you know, 
Um, Mm. but often people will have these things that kind of build up and they dwell or it triggers the next frustration when they wake up the next day, they're carried in. It's like ever I screwed up yesterday and whatever it is. And then that kind of cycles into that reaction to the, someone does something else related to that. And then you react to them (laughs) because you're carrying all this anxiety that you maybe don't recognize that's tied to these deeper things. Right. And we're, and then we end up expecting others around us to carry this burden. That's so impossible to carry. Yeah. Right. So for me, for that example, I just played out. I'm an approval junkie. If I don't have that um, in its proper place, uh, I'm wanting my wife to always be happy with everything I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then she almost loses her voice. It becomes a very selfish uh, cycle that can get us stuck. And so that's another reason if you love those that are in your life, which I know you do if you're listening. Like that's why this anxiety stuff is so crucial because it allows us yeah. to love and lead and connect to levels that at least I have never felt. And yeah. so, yeah. And can I say that I think the hardest thing about becoming aware and even believing that anxiety is a part of your everyday life is embracing our humanness. Just like, and I know in our faith, the faith that you and I share, Zach, and for those who are on that journey too, that I think it's very much related to that confession piece of like knowing that we struggle with sin, knowing that we struggle with these things that are of God and the, the freedom from that, you know, beyond the ultimate freedom of Christ covering us for all eternity. But the daily battle with that is confessing that, like knowing that not that we're awful, <laughs> but the reality that we're dealing with this every day, part of our humanness. And I think with dealing with anxiety, I think it's hard. It can be hard to embrace the ugliness of that part of our humanness, but embracing it is what brings healing, like accepting that we are human and confessing that and being willing to, um, and practicing confessing it or sharing it with those that are safe to do so, so that you can have freedom uh, and not be driven by these things is so huge, but it is hard to embrace I'll say it again, the ugliness of that part of our humanness, which I think becomes less ugly and more, um, not comfortable, but something that we see as hopeful when we can embrace it and be free from it. Yeah. And as I shared and you shared on this podcast of times we've gotten anxious, right? Uh, yeah. You know, I shared yesterday after years of work that I did not recognize I was anxious until that night, till it had passed. And so like all other things, this is a skill, this is a lifetime skill. And guess what? You're gonna fail at recognizing you're anxious and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Continue to fail forward. You got this. We're glad you joined us this week for the Human Size Podcast. Join Zach and Crystal next week as they talk about the inner critic, that voice in our head that tries to defeat us. Zach and Crystal talk about their experiences and the steps they take to deal with it. Now go have a great week.